easy for you to think, oh, no, there's no way in the world I can write 50,000 words in a month. Um, but, yeah, I can. And yeah. it's, it's freaking cool. Awesome. So I'm excited. Oh, I'm so proud of you. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yay. Uh, you're listening to The Sociable Scribes, two professional writers who work hard, play hard, and love to have fun on the job. Word stylist Nikita Rowell-Stevens and publishing consultant Kim Ely talk about the topics and questions they hear most often from their clients. Let's talk about writing, the good, the bad, and the awesome, while addressing popular questions and concerns from real writers like you. If you're a writer, someone who aspires to write, or just wants to learn more about writing and publishing and have a lot of fun along the way, welcome to the tribe. Here are your hosts, Nikita and Kim. Two writers who love to socialize. This sociable scribes. So, Nikita, what's behind your curtain this week? Oh, wow. So, I am in rapid fire writing mode. And- awesome! <laughs> I love it! Yes! Um... It's, it's, it's been really cool. So I, I am, um, averaging about 2000 words a day. Um, and, uh, the goal, the goal right now, I'm I'm working on a novella. So my goal is 30,000 words this month. Um, I'll bump it to 50, uh, next month, which means I'll probably go up to about 2,500 words a day. And honestly, when I set this goal for myself, it was so intimidating because anytime you haven't done something before, um, it's, it's super scary, but one of the things I realized about myself, and I uh-huh. think a lot of people probably are, are wired this way is when I have a goal and a deadline and I know what I'm trying to accomplish, right. it's, it's cake. Awesome. It's just, you know, it's like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm trying to accomplish. And when I compare this process that I'm going into, for writing series I'm working on versus uh-huh. when I wrote the decision. Right. It's, I mean, it's, it's like apples and oranges. Yeah. Um, cause the decision took me over a couple of years to write. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, I had no sense of urgency. Mm. It's, it's a great book. I'm excited about it. Uh-huh. And I'm excited about getting it out to people, mm. but there was no sense of urgency, no specific plan. Right. And I think that's why I, um, procrastinated so much. Yeah. And, and so going through that process and it taking as long as it did, yeah, um, easy for you to think, oh, no, there's no way in the world I can write 50,000 words in a month. Um, but, yeah, I can. And it's, it's freaking cool. Awesome. So I'm excited. Oh, I'm so proud of you. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yay. What's behind your curtain? My curtain. Let's see. Um, I've been super busy, and it's been good stuff. Yeah. And. I'm trying to figure out balance. I think that's probably the best way to put it because, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, I still do a lot of networking because yes. I'm trying to, you know, make sure my, my, my name's still out there yeah. and, and I've got my head in the game. But then sometimes I'm like, dang, I really would just like several hours where I can just concentrate and not, you know, worry about other things, meetings and things like that. So sure. I'm trying to figure out, the best way to kind of schedule that for myself. So I've been looking at having at least one day a week where I have limited appointments, I'm at home, and I'm somewhere where I can concentrate. 
That's good. And yeah, I think it's so helpful because, um, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place. I, I had a meeting today with a potential client. She's like, are you in your car? I said, yes, this is my mobile office. <laughs> yes. I think she was kind of surprised, but I'm like, that's, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. You know, that, that's, that's how we, that's how we get it done. Absolutely. You know how that goes. Yes. So, yeah. I know. So, so yeah, lots of balance behind my curtain. Okay. Picture me standing on one leg doing tree pose. Oh my goodness. You know, I think <laughs> that's the, um, that's the life of an entrepreneur. It is, isn't it? It is. And I, you know, I, it never, um, I, I think you do get to some points of homeostasis, but yeah. it's always a flux. You're always going to have to adjust because there's so many, there's always constant change in your business. And you know yeah. this from, I mean, I just change things with my business. Yeah. And so, um, you just have to be ready to, to, to deal with that. And then at the same time, make sure that you're maintaining that balance. So you don't get burned out. Oh, most definitely. You know? So yeah, but all good stuff. And now it's time for Gregarious Goofballs. So now it's time for Gregarious Goofballs. Yay! <laughs> All right, Kim, what you got? So what I've got is, I don't know the real name of the bird. I love birds. I love watching birds. I know a few names of birds. There's a specific bird somewhere here in Central Virginia. I call him the Cheeseburger Bird. <laughs> <laughs> Because Elaborate. I swear to you, when I'm outside and I hear this bird calling, it sounds like cheeseburger, 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 cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> and inevitably, I'm standing outside in the yard, like, gosh, I would really love a cheeseburger. <laughs> I need to hear this bird. security cat this is i'm talking to the woman who stayed didn't you stay in a haunted hotel we did yes okay so um so okay i so i don't know why i did this but at some point i was staying i was at my mom's house Uh uh-huh it was broad daylight i was actually get like packing my stuff and getting ready to leave to come back home Uh uh-huh and the, the old pet cemetery came on. Oh yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it, it looks super old. I don't watch scary. First of all, I don't watch scary movies. Point blank. And there is a good reason for it. And and I'm like, but it's so old. I'm like, it's also Stephen King. Come on. Oh yeah. Like I should have known better. Yeah. And so I'm. <laughs> I watched this movie, <laughs> me and my mom, and we're like all engrossed in it or oh, whatever. Oh, gosh. And it's all I could think about the entire four-hour drive home. But see, this is why oh, I don't. No. It scared the bejesus out of oh, me. Okay? No. Bejesus. Oh, no. And it like, like, this is what happens when I watch scary movies. Like, I'm like laying in bed at night going, oh, God, please get this out of <laughs> And I'm thinking like stuff's gonna come things gonna come out of my come out of my bed. <laughs> um so and it sticks with me for a long time. Oh so you know the new pet cemetery recently. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when 
scary movies come out because they show so many previews on television and you watch it and they're like, change channel, change channel, change channel. <laughs> and it just came out like last week. And the closer it gets to the movie coming out, it's more and more. And I'm like calling Derek on the phone. I'm like, like I was, I had to go to DC, and it's like I felt like I was being haunted by this movie oh, because no. literally, like I can't count how many times I listen to the radio. It freaking comes on the radio, and I'm like cutting the radio off. Um, it came on my Spotify. Like, oh, are you kidding me? No. So I felt like I was being haunted by this. So now. So now, like, some, a lot of times I fall asleep with the TV on, and because the Pet Cemetery commercials kept coming on, I fall asleep with SpongeBob. Because <laughs> I know they're not going to show scary commercials on Nickelodeon. So I'm watching commercials about poops and farts. <laughs> Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants! Lizzie's happy! That's true! (laughs) That's a good one. So, I'm really excited about this topic that we're talking about this week. Me too. This is so cool. So, um, a, a little bit more behind the curtain, we were laughing about it because. Their topic this week is pantsers versus platters. Mm-hmm. And we were laughing a bit because, um, well, we should start off by saying, what's a pantser and what's a plotter? Right. Um, so a pantser is someone that can write without an outline, essentially, that you can just kind of plow through and mm-hmm. you don't need a lot of structure to be able to create your story. Awesome. Uh, a plotter is the um, stark opposite of that. Someone who needs to have an outline. Um, they cannot write without an outline. They need something to direct their their direct their course. Their course, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm thinking Pantser gets its name because they're flying by the seat of their pants. Yes, Is they still right? have their pants on. Okay, pants are still on, people. <laughs> they're on, uh, but they're flying by the seat of them. Yes. So I picture somebody going down the luge backwards. <laughs> mental image of a pantser it's like and then a plotter with i guess they plot it out yes like every little piece every little piece how do you visualize that plotter i picture them you know those little doohickeys um in school this is going to show my age and they had the little points on one side, and then it was like a protractor, and it had a pencil on the yeah, other, yeah. so you could draw circles yeah. and stuff. I picture a plotter doing that with their book. <laughs> we're like, we were talking, you and I were talking about story circles. You can make yeah. a very perfect circle with, that, with a protractor. That's very true. Very true. Um, and Kim, I'm pretty sure that people could probably guess, but we're turning I'm definitely a pantser. Yeah. So, how about you? I'm a pantser. Yes. Sure. Yes, fellow pantser. Yes. Woo! <laughs> so, that doesn't mean we don't love you plotters. Yes. But but we we tend to work better this way. So, um, describe your writing process. I'll tell you a little bit about mine. 
Um, how does it work when you are um, writing a book? Like you're writing fiction right now. I am, and um, it's so unstructured. Uh, <laughs> it's it it's it it's not necessarily a a a method. I would recommend unless it's just something that works for you. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. So I'm 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 writing a rom com series right now, Woo-hoo. and I'm it's just so fun. And um and so I I'm working I'm I'm putting together um my uh prequel mm-hmm. the book magnet for it um and um I already knew what the storyline was going to be for the for book one mm-hmm. and so but when I decided to do a prequel that was that was all new mm-hmm. and so I told myself like March was my planning month and so I told myself okay I'm going to plan I'm going to outline right right I uh, should have known better I know myself <laughs> um I said I'm gonna plan, and uh-huh. it's like the last week of March. I got a whole week. I'm gonna plan. Like I'm gonna do this outline. March 31st, I'm gonna do my outline. April 1st, I don't have a damn outline. <laughs> and um, and it was, you know what? It was okay. I yeah. just started writing. Awesome. Um, and for some people, if you are on the plotter side, um, this would run you into writer's block. Yeah. Um, because because, but for me. Um, it's interesting. I started writing. Um, I did not get stuck. The story, it's kind of like the story just appeared like before me as yeah. I wrote. Yeah. Um, and that is typically how I write more often than not. Yeah. Um, I don't have, I have a general idea. It's with this book, this has probably been the, the most blank slate mm-hmm. I've ever written with, Ooh. honestly. Yeah. Um, because, um, I knew it was a prequel. I knew I was going to take the main characters back to college. Mm-hmm. So I knew the setting was in college, mm-hmm. but I hadn't determined what the plot was going to be. Yeah. I wasn't sure what direction it was going to go. I just started writing and it came to me as I wrote. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, it's funny because, you know, I made this commitment to, I'm writing 2000 words a day and I've been doing it. But in the beginning, like the first week I was getting my words out, but part of me was like, I'm nervous. What the heck? Like, how, how do I want this story to come together? Oh, wow. And, um, it came together probably by about day three. Yeah. Like, yeah. because I'm putting together dialogue and things are flowing very, very easily because yeah. I know my characters very well. Yeah. So I'm laying a lot of foundation and groundwork. So I want to explore more of that. Okay. The characters and the groundwork. Okay. Because we, you and I had talked about it a little bit before, but I wanted to ask you about it. So you have had the characters in mind um, for a while now. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about your character development. Like um, um, what's, what's been your process? Were you just thinking about them at first and then you started writing down characteristics about them or what's been sort of your thought process with that? So again, there's never a method to my magic. <laughs> I love it's it. Crazy. I love it. <laughs> panzer, panzer, panzer. <laughs> um, there's never a method to my madness. Uh-huh. I think you know. So, so the book, the book series is 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 about finding love. Okay, um, and and the main character um, is going meets all these wacky doodle guys um, in her path to try to find love. Right, and. Um, she has her pack of friends mm-hmm. that she hangs out with. And, and I, I think my mind to a certain degree went back to when you think of all your rom-com movies yeah. that you like, yeah. there's always a girl pack. Yeah. Girls are always in a pack. 
And so I think that was part of my motivation because I think women, women resonate and relate with that because we're yeah. so driven by relationships and friendships yes. that weaves us together. Right. So that was my motivation. One, by having, having those sub characters that were very much a big part of the story. Right. Um, the other side of it was, um, I wanted them to be very different. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can't tell you how, I'm not really sure how Lexi's character, um, developed. Uh-huh. Um, you could say sometimes their character, your characters develop as a reflection of you. Yeah. And I think there are pieces of me yeah. in different characters, but Lexi's not, I mean, Lexi came, Lexi was a rich debutante. Yeah. That was not me. <laughs> yeah. I, I did not right. come from the type of background that she had. Uh, yeah. It just evolved. I think for me, when I start building a character, I get like, it's kind of like when you, like when you, a flower starts budding yeah. and it's like one idea comes out and it's like, Ooh, Ooh. And then we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Yeah. And then it just grows and it grows. Yeah. And, um, it's like the things like with, with me writing this prequel, mm-hmm. I had already developed the character for Lexi. Yes. Right. But as I started writing the prequel, uh-huh. prequel, as I started writing this book, her character developed even more into a, a area that I didn't even know, like that naivete of her yeah. that's in this character that's in that you, that you discover in this book. Uh-huh. The fact that she um, grew up so sheltered yeah. that she, um, you know, had a mother that was really prissy and had so much expert. That was not part of her character when I first developed Interesting. it. That grew from me writing this book. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, I think it's a discovery process that happens as I'm writing. That is so cool. That yeah. Is so cool. So, and I'm sure that's just the pantser thing. I think so. Yeah. That yeah. it's, it's, but um, I've heard it described before, and, and you write more fiction than I do. I've, I've written some fiction, but I'm usually in the nonfiction world. Yeah. But I've heard with fiction writers, um, they'll, they'll start writing and just see where the characters take them. And that sounds very similar to yes. your process. Yes. So, Absolutely. so t- tell, me, tell me if I'm right or wrong, but it sounds like having an idea of who your characters are is enough for you to get started. Gotcha. Absolutely. Gotcha. So that's so cool. So yeah. So, so for you me, develop. So again, I write mostly nonfiction, but okay. I'm always, I don't know, questioning everything. I, I come at everything. I, I guess that's a normal thing as a writer. Um, I, I was never a journalist, but I love interviewing people because I have the, the like when I did my wrote my my book tickers I had the same questions that I asked each person and I did have a few unique questions that I asked um, several people but I wanted to know where this was going to take me so the whole reason I wrote tickers was because we had had layoffs at work I was really like oh my god I'm sleepy sleepwalking through my life mm. what do I want to do what do people do who love what they do so but that was my big burning question was what do people do when they love what they do? And they're kind of yeah. like, you know, forget you to all the people who are like, no, you can't do that. And that's impossible. And, you know, only right thinking people do blah, blah, blah. You know, right, <laughs> it's right. kind of very limiting things. And so I started off with questions. I didn't really know exactly where I was going to go. I sort of had to formulate my theories as I went along. Like I discovered some similarities between people. Um, one was 
a lot of people who were who became um, entrepreneurs or started to follow their passion were really influenced by really awful events. Several of them were influenced by the big uh, bubble burst in yeah. uh, the housing bubble in 2008. Yep. They lost their jobs. They lost houses in some cases. And they're like, what do I do now? Well, <laughs> screw it. I have to start over anyway. Why don't I do what I really want to do? So I didn't anticipate that. I, I wasn't sure if it was like a certain, you know, one type of person loves risk and the other type doesn't. Right, right. It wasn't that at all. So I didn't have that foregone um, conclusion as I was writing it. I knew I would be finding data, I guess, as I was going gotcha. along. So, okay, I want you to dig a little bit deeper on this yeah, because yeah. it's interesting because writing nonfiction mm -hmm. My, my my immediate like inclination is to think that you have to have some sort of outline when you're writing nonfiction because mm -hmm. it's 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 mm -hmm. a more structured format. Mm -hmm. Um I think fiction in a in a lot of ways is very organic because yeah. it, because it's following a story and it yeah. can kind of go so many different ways. That's true. Whereas I feel like nonfiction is more linear. This oh. because because it has, there's a specific reason that you're reading this book. You want to learn something. You want to right. be inspired. You know, right. there's a lot of different. And so it's interesting to hear a pantser point of view and uh -huh. how you would, how you write fiction. Uh -huh. I mean, I'm sorry, nonfiction. Uh -huh. Because um, I'm trying to understand how you organize all of this data yeah. that you're yeah. pulling in. Yeah. Um, how do you go about doing that? Yeah. Oh no, that's a really good question. Um, so you're, and, and you're absolutely right. For a lot of nonfiction, you probably would have an outline. Um, I'm trying to think like if somebody's telling a memoir, you're, you're not going to go off and make up a story. You're, you're, you're right. basing it on, on facts. Um, with this, this was like an inquiry, I guess it was sort of like a big question to the universe of, what do these people have that I don't have? Or mm. what is it that makes them different? So I had a very loose outline, I guess, in my head, which was um, I, I wrote questions. Um, I, like I said, some of them I repeated the same question for, for all the, you know, all the participants because I wanted to see those, uh, you know, see how their answers fit together or didn't fit together as sure. the case were, was. And then um, I also wanted to have that kind of unknown because I wanted it to be sort of a, well, it was a surprise to me. I didn't know how they were going to answer. And so it was a little bit of a um, um, loose outline because then once I had collected the data, I went through and said, oh, okay, here's the things that I found. I, I guess I was sort of like an archaeologist in the field, and I came back after digging up the bones, and I and I put them together into a triceratops, and I said, here's what I found. Here's what what um, links all these people, so many different careers, but they absolutely love what they do, and so so are you gathering all the information? So you're doing your interviews. All right. You're gathering all the information, right. assimilating that information. Right. And then you come back and then you kind of like yeah. pull it all together. Pull it all together, exactly. So so really it's like your first stage because you're doing interviewing. Uh-huh. Which is the kind of a research stage. Right. You're not really writing at that point. Right. Right. Exactly. 
tell me about your writing process. So oh, once yeah. you go through that, you yeah. have all your data. Yeah. What does that process look like? Oh, gotcha. So um, I have all my data. I uh, wrote my introduction because I wanted to explain, you know, why I was writing the book. You know, I wanted to find out about people who love what they do. And then um, it was really fun because I went in front of, I would review each interview. I would record them on digital recorder. Okay. I would listen to them again. And then I would write an introduction to each chapter based on the conversation. So that was kind of fun. Um, okay. Like, for instance, um, i trying to think. Uh, brain fart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Like, for instance, I was writing, oh, I know, um, I was writing about um, Bill Smith. He's a gentleman who teaches CMMI Capability Maturity Model Indicator. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it, it's it's as exciting as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's a way to do quality assurance and measure software yeah. to make sure you're, you're, you're doing, um, using it correctly. I'm not saying that right. You're okay. using processes to put it together so you have a consistent product every time. Okay. Not an exciting subject. No offense, CMMI people. <laughs> but Bill teaches this class in such a dynamic way. He gets dressed up like one of the members of KISS with, like, the full face Oh, makeup. my God. He puts on, like, heavy metal T-shirts. He'll blast, like, ACDC. He makes it fun. He has these flying monkeys. They're these little what? stuffed animal monkeys that have little capes on them. <laughs> and when you and you, you fling them like a slingshot and they go, ah, and they go across the room. So he's approaching arguably a very boring topic in yeah. a very dynamic and very interesting way. So that made me think about why are workplaces so dang stuffy? I mean, yeah. you hear about some like Google or, you know, some of the other Silicon, yeah, fun places. and fun places where they have slides at work and they, you know, they make it really fun for people. I've been, I, I've enjoyed the people with whom I've worked, but I've been in some offices that were like, oh, it's really frowned upon. Do you know how hard it is not to laugh and snort? In an, I had the worst time. I was always having fun because to me, fun and work go hand in hand. Right. So that's what I wrote about in my introduction with Bill. Oh, fun. I went back and listened to the interview that he and I did. And I wrote about why can't work be fun? And I went back and I looked, I did some research on, um, of all people, Martin Luther and, uh, and the whole Protestant thing of um, the more um, uh, pious you are, the more successful you are. And um, if you're successful, that you are not supposed to engage in anything that's fun. You're supposed to be serious. And that means you're marked for heaven. And oh, how that's been, I know, a huge influence on our workplace because you, you think about a lot of, um, you know, white collar workplaces, it's like, ugh, you're having fun. You must not be working hard. Right. That kind of mess. It's true. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, so I just, <laughs> and, and no, I just think it's ridiculous. I think the more yes. fun you have, the more you're enjoying what you're doing, the more productive you are. Absolutely. The most productive teams I've ever been on were able to get together, laugh, goof off, but then they eventually got their work done. And I think that's why it works at places like Google and Apple. Yeah. So anyway, I say all that to say that would be my, my process for writing would be I would listen to the interview and then think about it and and it would challenge me to come up with something 
that made me think about what the chapter was really about. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, cool. That's an interesting process. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you are... Oh, yeah. You... You're working on your second book. I am, wow. yes. Um, so um, since you're in the midst of that process uh -huh. now, uh -huh. tell me, is is it different? Going, are you, Is your process the same for book two, or do you find it's a little bit different? It's actually the same for book two. What okay. I've been doing is I've been interviewing um, people. I've gotten, oh, gosh, I've done, I've done, interviews now Yay. Awesome. So, Yay. so yeah so right now um I am still in the recording the interview stage okay so I haven't gone back to really reflect on them yet okay um I started working on the introduction because um the introduction is going to talk a little bit about what what I've been doing since my first book came out okay so that was because my first book, I talked about everything that led up to the layoffs and what inspired me to write the book. So I yeah. want to write now about how in the in-between, I got inspired to become an entrepreneur and step out on my own. So awesome. Yeah, thank you. So awesome. there's a lot of parallels, but so far the, the writing process has, has been the same. The same. Yeah. Now, do you gather, do you start writing after you have all of your information or do you start some of it beforehand other than your introduction? When I did it before, uh, actually, I did start writing some of the introductions for the chapters as I was going as along. Was. So okay. I haven't done that this time, I think just because I've been so busy with my business. Sure. To be very candid. <laughs> so you have a bit of a system. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's a loose system, but kind of an idea of like, oh, this has worked, so I'm going to continue to follow this this kind of plan. Yeah, that's a cool. good way to put it. You're a little so. more structured. Than I'm a little more structured. <laughs> I, I do a little bit of plotting, yeah. I guess. So, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm working on that, I yeah. think. Um, so, so I want to take, I want to go into talking a little bit more about the plotter. Yeah, and, absolutely. And this is an area that neither of us have expertise in. <laughs> um, so I'm going to use my brother as an example. Yeah, Because um, he, uh, he is, he's a writer as well. And he is actually, um, he's adapting his style to screenwriting. He's oh, studying wow. the process voraciously. Awesome. Um, and so a lot of times we get on the phone and we talk and he'll tell me. So he he is more, his style is thriller. Ooh. Yeah, he, he knows some creepy stuff. Oh, wow. I do. Um, <laughs> I told him, well, this. we'll talk about this when we get a little bit closer to the are gregarious. He's like, well, I'm a scary cat. And he's like, you're not going to listen. You're not going to read any of that stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I probably won't. You just got to tell me what it's about. But he, um, so here's an interesting thing that he should, that he told me. Yeah. There's a difference between thriller and horror. Oh, I think And the difference between thriller and horror uh -huh. is, um, thriller in a horror movie in a thriller movie, uh -huh. the uh, the villain lures you to them. Ooh. In a horror movie, they don't. Oh, it's like interesting. This, it's not a trap being laid for you. It's like you could. Isn't that interesting? Yes, that is. I've never um, heard of that. My, I told you, my brother's really smart. Yeah. He's studied. He's studying a lot. So yeah. And and that kind of gets back to the reason why he's a plotter is yeah. because he so. 
what he's he's come to me with all these fantastic story ideas. Yeah. Um, and they're like, he may be like a third of the way developed. Uh-huh. And then the next time I talk to him, he's like, I'm not working on that. I'm working on this. And I'm like, what are you doing? The last story was so good. Right. And so he ended up telling me, he's like, I kept getting stuck. And he was mm-hmm. getting stuck mm-hmm. because he he had not developed his, he, he needs a well-developed outline. He needs uh-huh. to have his story planned out to the T. Wow. Um, and if he doesn't do mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. he gets stuck and he starts to question himself. Now, from the outside looking in, I'm listening to him tell me these stories. I'm like, oh my right. God, tell me more, tell me more, right, more. Right. And he's, and he's gotten, he's running in circles and he's stuck. Um, and it's something that he's realized about himself recently. Uh-huh. Um, he doesn't, he does, he doesn't have that ability, um, like myself, where the story just appears before him. Right, right. Um, and, um, and it might work to a certain degree for him. Like, right. he may get to this point in the story, and then he's like, okay, I, I don't, I'm spinning my wheels. Right. And so right. Um, what he's discovering now is that's why he told me the story circle, which yeah. I was telling him about. Yeah. Um, and he kind of broke down all the different parts of the story. And by doing that, it allows him to develop um, a very keen outline. And the thing about the story circle, and we'll talk, that's not the subject of today, so right. we'll, you'll have to come back later <laughs> that's to find right. out about come that. Later. Um, but the story circle doesn't just apply to um, the entire uh, theme of the book. You mm-hmm. can break it down by scene. Mm. So for him, if he's got different things, you know, if he's layering plots oh, and things, wow. you yeah. can use the story circle to kind of walk you through each aspect of the, the um, of the plot as you're yeah. building it. Yeah. And so he needs that. Um, that makes he, sense. He, he needs that to be able to, um, to write. And it, it's, it's just interesting because it's so different yeah. from the way we process information. Yeah. Um, and what I, what I'm learning um, cause I read a little bit up on the pantser versus the potter, uh-huh. you know, and I was just like, I'm just curious to know more about, and I, the, the ideal way to be is kind of in between, ah, you know, interesting. Um, okay. I think, you know, a pantser is always going to have a natural inclination to be a pantser. Right. Right. A plotter is always going to be, have a natural inclination to be a plotter. Right. Um, that's not saying you, you don't need to stop being who you are. Right. I, oh, yeah. The way I write books is, I mean, I'm not going to be, I'm I'm not a huge outline person. Mm-hmm. But I do realize that if I have at least a loose outline, mm-hmm. it can, um, it helps me be more effective as a writer. Right. Because as opposed to waiting for something to, now, the difference between me and a pantser uh-huh. is my outline is going to be very, very basic. I don't need much. Right. Um, where I, I feel like a plotter would need mm. to have a more detailed, like they need to break it down right. and have it a lot more um, detailed about right. what they want to to accomplish and what they want to say. Yeah. And like, so I'll give you an example. So for the dream for the decision uh-huh i did have an outline for mm-hmm. the decision yeah um it it was an acronym <laughs> right it was an acronym right and that was the only outline i followed to write an almost 500 page book yeah um and um but it guided me when i was ready to when i was going through the different paths and i was mm-hmm. ready to shift i would go like okay where am i at 
and I'd go, and then I, you know, and then I would think about how I would want um, the next phase of that book to fit that particular acronym. Right. So uh, I would point this out. Um, being a pantser doesn't mean you have absolutely not a thought in your head and right. you just sit in front of a piece of paper and then boom, and it just magic appears. happens. <laughs> so, but, you know, just just because I'm thinking, uh, you know, a plotter might be like, well, how the heck do you do that? You know, there's there's a very rough outline or at least an idea or in your case, an acronym, which I think is so cool. And that but that gave you the structure to be able to then. I guess your brain kind of fills in the gaps from there. Exactly. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah. Okay. Exactly yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's funny. They are, so you have that. Uh-huh. And, and so that's an example of, of, you know, a book that I had an outline that was just a very loose outline. Right. But, um, but the book I'm writing now, I started with zero outline. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I started with zero outline. I actually just started writing out. Like when I talked, I talked to my brother about the story circle uh-huh. just this past weekend. So I was already 10,000 words in. Wow. To this. Yeah. Um, before I actually started writing out the outline. Um, yeah. And the outline, again, is still very, very um, loose. Yeah. I just, I, I took the story circle that, that he told me about and I applied yeah. my storyline to it so that I could know what my definite beginning, middle and end was. Yeah. Because I didn't know that when I started. The yeah. Book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I, and that's really all that I need because, and so yeah, a plotter may have, a plotter would have a really hard time understanding my process because yeah, it really yeah. does sound like the magic, just like, oh my God, the words just appear. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's, it, it's not, it's not something that you can teach or anything. It's, right. it's, it's something, either you are one or the other, I feel like, um, it's inherent. Yeah. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with being one or the oh, other. no, not um, at all. You just need to know how to maximize on your strengths. Yeah. Um, and I, I realize that, you know, being a pantser and it's it's not a big deal. I don't need an outline, right? But sometimes I need a little bit of structure, right? Just a little right. bit. And I think that's I think that's a little that's the flaw on the on the pantser side is to is not having not that you need a lot of structure, right? But just but, a little bit, like doing that little exercise with my brother. I called him yeah, because he's yeah, a father. Yeah, I said I need you to help me with my book because I was re- I realized. I was going, I, I would write 30,000 words and I, and like, what I was afraid of is I would get to 30,000 words and like, um, I, I'm not in this story. Right. Like that's, right, right. that's yeah. what I was afraid of. Yeah. I wasn't afraid that I wouldn't be able to get there. Right. But I real, like when you're writing 30,000 words, which it seems like a lot, but it's a novella. So it's a shorter novel. Right. And because it's a shorter novel, you have less time to tell your story. True. And so. I felt like I needed an outline or some semblance of an outline so that I could sequence the events in the book to line up with where I wanted to be word count wise. That makes sense. And so that's why I called him. So, so a pantser have a brother who's a plotter (laughs) (laughs) or friend. That's our recommendation. (laughs) Because, because, because you can, um, I think, I don't, I don't want to say you could write yourself into a hole because I, as a panther, I won't write myself into a hole. I'll write myself into oblivion. I'll just keep writing and, and keep writing, writing and writing. keep writing. Yeah. And like, and I'm not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so 
that's where it helps to have some kind of a, now a pot, a plotter can write themselves into a hole. Yeah. And that's the reason why they rely so much on having an outline. That's what my brother was doing. Right. He was right. writing into a hole and like, he couldn't dig himself out. Right. So, um, so maybe, maybe you just need to have like, we panthers need to know plotters. Plotters need to know panthers. There we go. We're going to create team plotter and team panther <laughs> and everybody gets a buddy and we will have the buddy system and be like, Oh my gosh, my friend, my plotter, I am so lost to the weeds. Help me. Well, Kim, well, you and I can't help each other. I know, I know. We can't be, we can't be uh, outline buddies. We really can't. <laughs> That's okay. We'll rely on people. Wh- what's your brother's number? <laughs> my brother. He's really good. He sounds like I'll you share him. Okay, I'll share cool. him with Thank you. Are you ready to kind of like summarize our thoughts from the day, Kim? Absolutely. This is such a good topic. I'm so glad we talked about it. Me too, because I think a lot of people are unaware of it. And and if you're not like deeply engrossed in the writing community, mm-hmm. you may not have never heard of these terms. Right. Um, but inherently, you are going to be one or the other. Right. Usually, a pantser or a plotter. So that's going to when let's review. Why don't you tell us what a, pl- a pantser is, Kim? Absolutely, pantser. Rides by the seat of their pants. So they, <laughs> they don't have to have a structured outline to be able to just jump in and start writing. In fact, that can even hold them back. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, and a plotter is the stark opposite of that. Um, they have to have an outline. A lot of times, a more a more detailed outline to be able to guide their process in writing the story. Um, they get stuck without it. Right. Um, and I think when we were talking earlier, it's like a, a pantser can write themselves into oblivion. Mm-hmm. I can, um, or a plotter can write themselves into a hole. Um, Very good. And yeah. so, um, so, yeah. And, and, and I don't think, I think the lesson of today is that um, there's nothing wrong with being one or the other. They, they both have their exactly. weaknesses, of course. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, what doesn't, right? Right. Um. And, and I think part of it, too, is I was really noticing as we were talking about it, I don't think you can be purely one or the other because, like we were talking about, um, as you've been writing, you had your characters in mind, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> then you you started creating your structure. So it's not like you're structureless. It's just how much structure do you need to have before you get started? Yeah, and I, I think for a pantser – it just looks very different yeah. than it does for a plotter. So if you're a person that's a plotter and you look at the way my very organic outlining form, uh-huh. you'd be like, how the heck do you write from that? <laughs> right, I mean? right, yeah. But, but for, for a panther to look at a detailed outline that a plotter follows mm-hmm. would feel restrictive. Right. Um, and so you have to kind of, you have to flow with what your instincts tell you. Most definitely. I think that's the, the biggest takeaway from this is, Absolutely. is you know, you, you know who you are and how, how best you write. Yes. And then be able to identify, um, you know, what, what's going to work best for you. We've also figured out you need a buddy, whatever you are. <laughs> You need either somebody on the other team to help you out. It helps. It, <laughs> it does. Really it helps. really does. Um, and I, I don't understand the plotter side enough because I'm because I'm a pantser and you're mm-hmm. a pantser. Yeah. Um, but I can. But from a pantser standpoint, it helps to know someone who's a plotter. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like I said, you can write yourself into oblivion 
Um, putting words on paper is never a problem for you as a pantser. That's that's probably one of the biggest strengths yeah. um, of, of being a pantser is it's very easy to write freely yeah. and, and to flow freely. But <clears throat> sometimes you can start that process, like I mentioned, with um, with the book I'm working on now. I started the process and I I was able to write, but I didn't have an a I didn't have a defined outline about right. what I wanted. And so that's when I dialed, I dialed my plotter, I dialed my plotter, um, which was my brother. And he was able to help me. And what he actually helped me realize is I already knew what I wanted. Ah. Um, like my structure was already there. He just had to help me see it. So oh, I was already, cool. um, and I think that's often the case, I think with cancers. Yeah. Um, it, it's not that the structure is not, it's kind of there. It's just, it's, it's in here. It's in, yeah, your head. it's in your head. It's not as detailed. So, um, yeah. so yeah, have a, have a, have a plotter or a pantser friend. A pantser friend could probably help you, um, do like writing sprints and maybe be able to yeah. get more on paper if you're a plotter, maybe. Most definitely. So we'll tell you what we want to hear from you guys. Let us know if you're a pantser or a plotter. I would love to hear which one you are. I know that would be fascinating. So thank you so much, you guys, for joining us this week. Yes. Don't forget to leave a review. That's right. Thanks for listening to the Sociable Scribes podcast. Don't forget to tune in next week to learn more amazing tips on writing and publishing. And if you like this podcast, please leave us a review and share it with a friend.